Hey neighbor, I appreciate you stopping by. It's a great evening tonight. Fall's in the air. Won't be long. It'll be Christmas time. But hey, pull up a chair. I'll run inside the house and get you a cup of joe. I'll be right back. The name of the teacher in this life story has been changed. Mrs. Johnson's third grade class, Surrattsville Elementary School, Clinton, Maryland. The 1967-68 school year, 53 years ago. Classroom reading instruction using the self-paced SRA Reading Laboratory, which was a leveled reading program. I was surprised that the literacy learning tool is still in existence. The SRA website says that it has been instilling confidence in learners for more than 60 years. The kit contains self-guided and leveled color-coded cards, selections that move the student ahead in reading at their own pace, and the tear-out worksheets. The learning reward side of the kit was the color-coded system that advanced you through a certain spectrum of colors, purple, violet, rose, red, orange, gold, brown, tan, lime, green, olive, aqua, and blue. All the students knew the colors, and it was a source of great pride to be able to report that you were further up the scale, the color scale, than others. Back then, the class worksheets were contained in that one tear-out workbook. The workbook, of course, had a limited amount of worksheets for each color level. Mrs. Johnson, in an effort to teach us about personal responsibility, gave us the assignment to go to the reading kit, get our level card, pull out the appropriate worksheet for our level, then return to our seat and get to reading. Keep in mind, back then there was no such thing as an electrostatic copier machine. Back then, all we had was a spirit duplicator. The duplicator used a two-ply spirit master. The first sheet could be typed, drawn, or written upon. The second sheet was coated with a layer of waxy substance that had been impregnated with one of the variety of colors. The standard color was an aniline purple. Through a process of pressure, wax, and a non-flammable solvent, the image was transferred onto a blank sheet of paper. The faintly sweet aroma of pages fresh off the duplicator was a feature of school life in the spirit duplicator era. A spirit duplicator could not produce a workbook page. The information contained in the workbook page would have had to been typed onto the spirit master, then run through the duplication process. The reason for this lengthy explanation about copier versus duplicator is that any destruction of pages in the tear-out workbook meant that someone was going to be short a worksheet, and then the teacher was going to have to recreate the worksheet by hand. That's a lot of work. One day I went to the SRA kit, got my level card, then went to the workbook that was on the counter next to the kit. I opened the workbook to the appropriate worksheet, then proceeded to tear it out. The worksheet tore smoothly about halfway down, then hung up and tore across the page. I looked around to see if anyone was watching. I quickly turned the page to the next sheet, held the book, and proceeded to tear the worksheet out of the workbook. It tore up again. I began to panic. I looked around to see if anyone was watching. Several attempts later, I finally got a sheet out of the book successfully. I quickly returned to my seat. I thought I had gotten away with a damaged mistake. In all fairness, the book was not well perforated, and it was hard to get the pages out. In light of that fact, though, I should have just stopped and asked for help. But I was Mrs. Johnson's class favorite. I was the one that Mrs. Johnson would call on when she needed help cutting things out for the class bulletin board located in the hall. Mrs. Johnson was old, really old, not just a little kid's perspective old, and her hands trembled when she tried to cut straight lines with scissors, so she enlisted me to help. 
She always complimented me on how steady my hands were and how well I could follow the lines. And then it happened. Someone called out from the SRA station. Mrs. Johnson, somebody tore all the pages in the workbook. Mrs. Johnson went over to the workbook. She saw all of the damaged sheets. She called out to the class, who tore all of the pages in the workbook? Nobody answered. She asked again. Nobody answered. Then she singled out a little girl who was always a mess, out of control a lot of the time. She asked her if she did the damage. The little girl said no, she didn't tear the pages. Mrs. Johnson accused her of lying, as she knew that she was the one who tore the pages. Then the little girl erupted. As the girl went out of control, Mrs. Johnson called the class to recess and ordered us to get our coats out of the coat closet and line up in the hallway. I hurriedly went to the coat closet to avoid detection. The coat closet was a little side room that opened at both ends into the classroom. As I made it into the coat closet, Mrs. Johnson was fighting with the girl, trying to grab the girl to bring her under control. The girl pulled away. I remembered Mrs. Johnson catching her by the girl's long blonde hair and tried to pull her back. The little girl started screaming more, Mrs. Johnson, you're pulling my hair. Mrs. Johnson told the girl to get back here as the girl was trying to run away. Mrs. Johnson started slapping the little girl. The violence moved into the coat closet as Mrs. Johnson was repeatedly slapping the girl. The girl fell into the other kids in the coat closet, made eye contact with me. I was at the opposite end of the room of the coat closet, and she was crying and she yelled, Kenny Price is the one who tore the pages. At that, Mrs. Johnson continued the violent slapping, telling the little blonde-haired girl that Kenny would never do anything like that. In today's world, Mrs. Johnson would have been arrested on child abuse charges and would have been guilty and sentenced to time in the penitentiary, seriously. The hair pulling, yanking, and slapping was violent. I still remember it 53 years later. But the story is not about Mrs. Johnson. The story is about me. Like they say, confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. Where was my sin in this story? Was it the damage I did to the workbook pages? Was there sin on my part in this story? Yes, there was sin in this story. The sin was the silence of pride. I liked being Mrs. Johnson's favorite student. I liked Mrs. Johnson thinking well of me. I did not want her to think less of me, so I kept my mouth shut while the blonde-haired girl, the tornado of a little girl, got the daylight slapped out of her. I never understood how that misfit girl knew I was the one who tore all those pages. Obviously, she was watching me when I thought no one was looking, but a little whirlwind of a girl was watching. She was an emotional mess and a constant source of tension and disruption in the classroom. Today, she would hopefully have been protected from abuse. From those early moments in childhood, those moments of hidden pride that stood by and let an innocent little girl get beaten, that moment changed me. In my heart, I know I was wrong for not speaking up, for not asking for help, and for not accepting responsibility for damaging the book. The damage to the book was done in innocence. The damage I watched done to the little girl was not. The Bible says in Numbers 32, 23, be sure your sin will find you out. There is a lot of backstory to that famous quote, which I won't take time to go over. You can read more about it in the hyperlink in the show notes. But what it does not mean necessarily is that your sin or your sins will be exposed. Many times, your sin and my sin are never known to another person. What it does mean is well explained in the New Testament passage in Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 and 8 where it says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. 
because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. In a nutshell, it means the sin and the seed of a sin has within it the fruit of its own destruction. Folks, it's not karma. Karma is the sum of a person's actions in this and previous states of existence viewed as deciding their fate and future existences. Karma is a myth and a lie. You're only on this planet once, then death and the judgment. Your sin finding you out is cause and effect. I learned something about the silence of hidden pride and it changed me. I have learned to take responsibility for my mistakes and not let pride hinder me from owning up when I've messed up. Let me ask you, how are you doing today in regards to your personal actions? You can change. And as you come under the control of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you can know his peace and be a peacemaker to others. And with that, dear friend, I bid you peace. Hey, I'm Kenny Price. I've been your host. This has been Quad Dot Rocks, God, the world, and other things, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Dear friend, I invite you to be sure and check out the show notes. There's a lot of important information there I'd like for you to see. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great rest of the day.